Hey, what's up, guys? This is Pastor Austin from Good Shepherd Church, and this is our podcast. So happy you're tuning in this week to stay caught up on what the Lord's doing in us and through us. I hope this content encourages you. I hope it challenges you, builds up your love for Jesus. Hope you enjoy the message. We love you. News, I want to bring up my friend Joshua McGinley, who's going to be preaching with us this morning, preaching for us this morning. And so if you would just welcome him real quick. Josh is a, uh, he's a good friend of mine. We've been friends for years now, really, um, and been co-laborers in ministry. We, uh, when I was doing youth ministry, you were always a big plug and a big help coming in. And uh, him and his brother, Matthew, have really spearheaded and led a worship ministry for the last several years around Northern Colorado called Ascent Project. And then about a year ago, they planted Ascent Project Church. So it's a new church to the area, and uh, we're going to pray for them this morning like we pray for another church in our community. But before I do that, just want to highlight a couple reasons why he's here. And so the first one is that uh, I never want the Sunday gathering to just be about me or any about really any one person's giftedness on a Sunday morning. There is health in a plurality of teachers and voices coming in and shaping us and forming us. And so I'm excited to hear the word that he has for us this morning, continuing in this series. Uh, But the other reason is that he is one of our overseers. And so I don't want to get bogged down here in church government and church structure. But what you should know is that uh, we are a non-denominational church, which has a lot of great blessings in not having a lot of denominational uh, like authority. We get to have some more autonomy in how we act and operate as a church. And that's a, that's a good thing. Um, but it also can lend itself to uh, the lead pastor having a lot of power and not having a lot of authority. And so we have overseers that are men who have led churches who are in authority over me. And so I think in a world right now where we are kind of authority averse, um, we actually would see in God's word that there is blessing in being under godly authority. And so I have, a, I have several guys, and I'm hoping that we will introduce you to all of them throughout this year. But Joshua is one of our overseers, and we are just thrilled to have him with us today. Uh, he, is, he is loving enough. Here's how we kind of say it in our language if you've been through the Next Steps classes. He loves Good Shepherd enough, and he loves me enough that if there's anything that needs, if there's ever a time where he would need to get involved or I would need to take a leave of absence because I'm acting a fool about something, he, they would come in and they would make sure that there are things being handled well and being done correctly. And so he loves Good Shepherd enough to make hard decisions. He loves me enough to make hard decisions and speak truth in my life. And we have bounced a lot off of each other over this last year throughout COVID and leading churches and stuff like that. So um, Ascent Project Church is a new church planted up in Northern Colorado. You guys have a huge heart to reach Colorado State University. Um, and so I want you to just invite you to check out their website, ascentproject.co. And if you want to go to ascentproject.co forward slash the well, you can learn a little bit more about the undertaking that they are really going, okay, God, you got to either show up here or this isn't going to happen. They're looking to buy the Wild Boar Cafe as an integral part of their ministry up at CSU. And so if you want to consider, at the very least, please consider praying for them. But if you want to consider supporting them in that too, these are guys that we love and we are behind and we support them. And so um, I'm going to pray for him. And would you just pray along with me? Lord, thank you for Shua. Thank you that he is uh, able to come and open the word with us this morning, God. Just pray that you would pour out your blessing over Ascent Project Church, uh, him and his brother Matthew and the music that they put out, God, and the, uh, just the ministry that they are starting but already doing so well in up at CSU. We pray that they would reach that campus for you, God, that they would find, uh, being, being finding new people all the time that need to hear your good news. Jesus, we uh, just ask that you would fill Shua up with just a, a, an anointing and a level of giftedness to do what he's doing at his church, but also just come pour out with us this morning. We're happy to have him. We love you, Lord. 
pray that you would uh, be with this service this morning and ask God that you would uh, just be with our tithes and offerings as they come in this morning, God. Um, pray that you would give us wisdom on how to utilize and allocate those resources well, God, and help us to give with a spirit of worship this morning as we come uh, to that offering container or to the website, however we're giving, I guess, Jesus. We, uh, we love you and you are good. It's in your name we pray, amen. Thanks, buddy. Amen. All right. Well, how's everybody, hey, how's everybody doing today? All right. Hey, awesome. Cool. Well, I'm just really like, excited to be here. This is a really big blessing for me. Thank you, Pastor Austin, Austin, and each one of you guys. Um, it was definitely just an honor to be asked to be on his um, overseer group, um, really because I just love this guy right here. You guys have an awesome pastor. And um, yeah, let's go ahead. You can go ahead and give him a hand. <laughs> um, he's one of my good friends. Uh, we, we both enjoy sports and and specifically basketball, so that definitely brought us together easily, um, and it's just been a huge blessing, man, getting to hang out with you, and I appreciate so much what you've imparted into my life and into our church and just what God's doing in the city, and, um, and it's a blessing to get to come and be here, and, and just as a, you know, as the body of Christ in northern Colorado on mission together trying to reach our communities and see Jesus transform and change lives, and so um, also it's really fun for me to get to come and to preach here because um, I was talking and kind of laughing with uh, Steph and with with John earlier because I actually used to, and we were thinking it was probably like 10 or 12 years ago, um, it was like my freshman or sophomore year of college, but I um, actually, one of my good buddies, uh, so a lot of you guys know the Strauss family here, um, so Micah Strauss is one of my best buddies my whole life, and he was the janitor of Good Shepherd at the time, and so he's so, uh, you know, I needed a little bit of extra cast, was a poor college student, and uh, playing basketball, and didn't have anything else, and so he let me come work uh, one day a week and clean this church building, so. Um, so, uh, you know, I, uh, um, they, there used to be a lot more carpet out there, and uh, so that was fun, but uh, it, is, uh, it is great. It's funny, and I would come on Fridays, and nobody was here at all, so it's good to see that there's a church in this building, right, and that there's people here, so uh, glad to get to be here and do that with you guys, and um, it was just fun to get to just talk to Austin about this series, According to the Spirit, that you guys have been going in, and, um, and just getting to jump in on that and be a part of this, this series with you guys, so I'm I'm just going to pray and we're going to go ahead and jump into what into the word of the Lord this morning. So God, we just lift you up. Uh, we exalt you. God, I thank you so much for Good Shepherd Church. I thank you for the amazing work that you're doing here. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would just anoint our time as we open up the scriptures. God, that you would really speak through, um, speak to each one of us and just God, encourage us, just fill our spirits up um, with your presence tonight, or I'm sorry, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I knew I was gonna do that. My church meets at 6 p.m., so I'm used to saying tonight, you know, so there we go. We're in the morning, alive and well. I like this. All right, so um, a couple years ago, uh, you know, now I have, uh, in my family, I'm married, been married for eight years. I have three um, amazing kids. I have, um, this is a picture, I'll get to the story of this picture, but this is my wife and then my little, my first daughter, she's five now, and then I have a three-year-old daughter and a, uh, a boy just got my son this year. It was awesome. So little Miles, he's nine months. And, um, and so, but this, this particular picture, I'll tell you a story here. Um, when Evie was once, Evie's my oldest, when she was one, uh, my wife and I, we took a trip to New York. City. And I'd never been to New York, was always a goal, wanted to go to New York City. And, um, and so we get there and, you know, just how we are, it's, it's hard for us to be able to go to a very expensive city like New York in the nice weather seasons, right? So we went right after Christmas and right after New Year's. So it's, if you need a cheat of how to do New York um, and you want it like New York, they, you know, they do all the decorations and the Christmas tree. But if you go at Christmas, it's really expensive. But if you go right after the New Year, 
after the parties. They keep everything up, but the prices drop. So, um, so we did that. We like, oh, we figured it out. But then we got there and we realized why the prices drop is because a couple days was cold, but it was nice. And then, um, and so we were like, okay, you know, we're here for about a week. We got to do all the New York City attractions, all the big things. One of the things I really wanted to do is get to go and see the Statue of Liberty and go out and take the ferry out to, you know, Liberty Island there. And, and so we, we bought our tickets to do it like a couple days out. And, um, and so we're getting ready to go. We're all excited. And then it happens to be the morning that we're going to go out to the Statue of Liberty and ride a ferry with our one-year-old is we wake up and there's just a ton of snow, you know, like it is so much snow. It's a blizzard. And, and so we're like, well, hey, you know, we're in New York and, you know, and I'm like, I already bought tickets. I'm go I don't care. I'm going like, and she's one year old, whatever. Right. She's going to tough it out. And so, uh, we go to, we take the train, you know, the subway down, we get to the place and, and Evie's in this little, like she's in a stroller and we've got this little plastic cover over her. So, I mean, she's fine. Right. Like she wasn't making, she wasn't crying. I mean, so she must've been fine. And, um, <laughs> so we get out onto, we take the ferry ride, which was thankfully was an indoor part of the ferry. Then we get onto the island and it's a blizzard. Like literally, I mean, you've seen pictures if you haven't been there, but like the Statue of Liberty is not that far away from these massive buildings. But it was so, it was like so socked in that you couldn't even see the city skyline from the island, from Lady Liberty here. And so we're like, we're out here and we're like, okay, I mean, we got to go see it. We got to check this out. So, um, you know, I make my wife and one-year-old daughter get off the boat actually and go on to there and really you know it's New York so you get there and basically you have like one option it's stand around and like take selfies right which we did you can see the Statue of Liberty behind you or you can hang out in the gift shop which has a lot of people and really expensive stuff and so we're there and it's just really funny because honestly it's literally blizzarding it's windy it's like freezing cold it's snowing can't even really see back but what's really cool about the story is that like you know we it's one of our like all-time family memories because it was something that we all shared together right it's like I was there with my wife and my little daughter like my family my people and it's something that we always remember and always will talk about even though it looks it was kind of a miserable place to be like I was thinking if I would have done that by myself just been outside I probably would have been a little bit of like a miserable situation but like the fact that they were with me their presence like it changed the whole story to now it was this amazing thing that we always remember and we always think about and we're talking about this, this series that we've been going through here that you guys have been according to the Spirit. And, and Austin was introducing this last week about how we're going to be talking about some different practices and spiritual disciplines that help you engage with and understand the presence of God. And today is really focusing on having that personal relationship with God. And what's so unique and so amazing is that God, no matter your age, that God invites you to have a relationship with Him where you get to encounter His presence. And just like in the story, like the presence of my family changed that whole course of the story. The, so much bigger than that is God's presence in your life can change you. It can set you apart and it really helps align your life and your mission with who he is. It's that we would be people that really engage with and understand like the fact that God's presence is with us, it changes us. And there's an amazing story in the Old Testament that I wanted to just talk through a little bit today about the presence of God leading people. And it's in the book of Exodus. In Exodus 32 and 33, many of you guys be familiar with the story, but Moses had just come and the Israelites were in slavery and bondage in Egypt. God had led them out and leading them on a journey to the promised land. 
All right, so it's this land, it's called land flowing with milk and honey. Like, I guess that's, you know, that's great. It seems kind of weird, but it's, that's great. And that's the way that they're on the journey too. And God had promised them this land. And on the journey, the, the God is leading them and Moses is the one leading the people. And they come to Mount Sinai. They come to the base of Mount Sinai and God calls Moses up the mountain. And so he goes up and he spends days, he's up there for a while and God is speaking to him directly, writing out the 10 commandments. And, and, and so for the people at this time, they were being led by, they were being led by God and then they were being led by Moses. But really Moses was the one entering into this tent of meeting and actually engaging with the presence of God and the people, they would come out of their tents and they would watch him go in and, and they would see the presence of God fall. So they were seeing it, but not necessarily for themselves. And so when he goes up, Mount, Mount Moses, sorry, goes up onto Mount Sinai and he's up on top of the mountain and he's gone for a while, the people start to get in patient, right? And so what, what they do is they start to think about, okay, we're, we're missing something. This leader, this presence that was with us is now like on this mountain. We don't know when this guy's coming back. And so they have this great idea to really create this own image, a golden calf, that they were gonna use as really a substitute for this presence for God in and among them. And that instead of waiting patiently for him to come back and Moses return, they create and build this calf, this image that they then start to worship. And I think it's crazy, it's super easy. Like when you, you read Bible stories and you're like, man, these guys are not smart. <laughs> like, what were they doing? Like, Moses is gonna come down and he's got the 10 commandments. Like, it's gonna be a good moment. And so why are they building a calf? Like, why do they wanna worship a calf anyway? It's easy to do that. But I think when you really like put ourselves sometimes in these stories is realizing that we do similar things all the time. Whereas we have different things that we allow or distractions to really replace that place of the, the presence of God in our lives. That we have this invitation that the Holy Spirit has, has allowed, if you've accepted him into your life, that he's in your life. And now there's opportunity for each one of us daily to enter into the presence of God. And it's not just when you come to a meeting place like this, but it's something that God invites you into on a daily basis. But we so easily allow different distractions in life or different pursuits in life or sometimes destructive habits and addictions to get in the way of that access that we have to the presence of God. And so we can be in that same place. And this story, what happens is they're worshiping this golden calf. Then Moses, he comes down the mountain and he's upset. And he throws down the 10 commandments, the stone tablets. And, and, you know, and God is upset about what is happening too. And you can put this scripture up here. This is Exodus 33.3. He says, God is speaking to Moses. He says, go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you for you are stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. So God's response to them running away from this opportunity to be in his presence was he saying, okay, I promised you this land. You can still go, but I'm not gonna go with you. And then here's what Moses replies to that. Moses says, this is Exodus 33, 15 and 16. He said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all the other people on the earth. 
And I just think that's such a powerful reality of what Moses understood in this. Is here's, and I think it's an important thing for us to learn. When we talk about this, it's something we talk about in church, right? Hey, you should have a time with your Bible. You should get alone with God. You should do that. Like if I've, my dad's a pastor. I've grown up in church for over 30 years. Like I've heard that talk a lot, right? You should do a God time. You should be with God. Like that's something we hear. But this is really a, a key part that Moses is pulling out here. Is he's saying, okay, God's saying, you guys can still get the prize. You can still go to the land that we're trying to go to. I'm just not gonna go. And Moses, he says, but if you don't go with us, then what is it that sets us apart from anything else on the face of the earth? And I think what we can say this here of when we talk about engaging with personally the presence of God is that you can't, it's, it's about so much more than just getting what you want out of God. That the moment that you enter before and you wanna set aside time to be with Jesus, it's bigger than you just saying, God, I'll do this so that you do this for me. Right, because it wasn't this. Like they could have still gone to the land. But Moses was saying, if your presence doesn't go with us, if we don't build this relationship with you, then it's not worth it. And so I want us just to have that perspective and that mindset as you, no matter what age you are, as you learn how long you've been doing this, but as we enter into and you come before the Lord in your personal time with him, that it's an opportunity for you to get to know him on a personal level. And that's the thing that changes you. It's his presence that changes you. And I think it's so amazing about it is that God invites us into this relationship where we get to really know him and he knows us. It's not just about being able to quote scripture, being able to show up at your Sunday school or your Bible study and being able to be the one that has all the answers, right? It's actually building into a relationship with God. And, um, and so for me, me and my brothers, I got any, uh, any Broncos fans in the house? with me in here. All right, my people, what's up? All right, I know it's been a rough ride since uh, Super Bowl 50, but uh, hopefully one of these days uh, we'll get there. I know there's some Cleveland Browns fans around here. I mean, I got to, you know, yeah, there's one time you can actually cheer. It was like eating the playoffs this year is good, right? All right. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so I, I love one of my favorite things to do with my brothers. We're big fans. So we love to go to games and uh, we've made it, we usually go to games in Denver. And one of the things that we've done is we made like kind of a life goal amongst me and my three brothers is that we're trying to go to a Broncos game in each of the stadiums like in their division. So that's Kansas City, Los Angeles, and Las Vegas now. And, um, and so a couple years ago, got to check off one of those and uh, went with a couple buddies and one of my brothers to Kansas City. And, and so went out there, had some good barbecue, tailgated with these you know, Chiefs fans, got yelled at, whatever. Yeah, we know you have Patrick Mahomes. It's all good, you know. So we're, um, we're in the, we went to the game though and we got there pretty early. And so... Um, what we did is we went down just towards the field. Our seats were at the top, so we got there early so we could go towards the field, and we're watching the Broncos warm up. And here's this picture. So I actually took this picture. This is Von Miller, if you don't know, but he's the, one of the Broncos, uh, you know, probably their best player. And, um, and so we're at the game, and, you know, Von Miller, he sees us, and he stops his warm-up, and he walks over just to give us a high five. <laughs> like, it's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, um, you know, actually the real story is there's like a really cute little kid with a really cool sign <laughs> sitting one row in front of me. So I took a picture of that kid's high five, but I was really close, all right? So, but the funny thing is like, so when Von Miller is right here, right, 
I am a big Broncos fan, so I know about this guy. So I'm like calling him by his name. Hey, Vaughn, what's up, man? Like, oh, yeah. Like trying to get a high five. And, uh, and the funny thing is like, I know a lot about him, but like he has no idea who I am, all right? Like I know he's the Super Bowl MVP. I know he went to Texas A&M. I know he likes to like do like chicken farm stuff in the, on the side. Like, so I have like some knowledge about this guy, but he doesn't know anything at all about me, right? So like I know about him, but there's no relationship depth between me and this guy, right? Even though I could tell you a lot, I could, I could recite a lot of things. I could tell you about games or plays or things that he's done, but I don't really know him. And I think what's, what's really powerful about entering into like a personal relationship with God and why it matters so much for you to internalize this and take it for yourself is that it is so much more this relationship that God wants to have than you than just something that you know about him or something that you live by coming to church or you live through your pastor or you live through your parents or through your kids, but it's actually something that's available for you where you can know God and he can know you. You guys with me? That it can go so much deeper than just knowing about him. And once we do that, when we understand that it goes deeper than just going about him, it starts to impact our lives and how we make decisions. And David, he says it like this. This is Psalm 16, 8. He says, I have set the Lord always before me because I know he's always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. I just love this mentality that he says this, that I have set the Lord always before me. That it's a habit in my life that I spend time with God, that I'm close to him. And because that is normal for me, then in the moments when things are shaking and are afraid and are weird around me, like I can still be strong because I constantly do this. And there's another story in the Old Testament I wanna just give you guys this morning here. This is one of my favorites, but it's in 2 Chronicles. King Jehoshaphat is king in Judah. And King Jehoshaphat, if you've ever read, read 1 and 2 Chronicles, most of the book is basically like each, a couple kings get a little bit longer, but a lot of them just get like a, a paragraph or a little bit. And it's like either this guy followed God and destroyed the idols or this guy didn't. And he kept to live for these things. And Jehoshaphat, he is one of the leaders who really followed, he sought after God for the majority of his reign. He had a little mistakes here and there, but for the majority of his reign, he sought after God and he led the people to do the same. And so in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, there are three armies that come against Judah and they're invading Judah. And, and so it says these three armies are coming. And I mean, at this point, Judah has no chance to win this battle. Like they're, they're outnumbered, they're not gonna win on their own. And so it says that King Jehoshaphat was terrified, that he was afraid when he heard this report. And then this is Second Chronicles 20, verses three through four. This is what his response was when he heard the news. It says, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and he begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. And I just, I love his response here. Because it says that he's terrified. He's afraid of what's happening. But his first response was to, to fast and to pray and to seek after God in the midst of a difficult time. And it was also to gather the people to do the same. And I think it's just an amazing picture of like good leader. Is that somebody's not, a leader's not just somebody who can get people to follow after them. But a leader's somebody who can get the entire nation to follow after Jesus. And to seek after him. And so even though they're terrified, he's saying, let's do what we've always done. And let's seek after God. And then verse 12, this prayer, he says, Oh, our God, won't you stop them? And he says this, We are powerless against this mighty army that's about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. Another translation says this, We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. 
And I just, I just love that. I hope you, if there's something to get from today that you guys would just study this scripture, is this idea, he says, like, we are powerless. We don't know what to do. I think a lot of us have probably felt that way through this season and this last year. But like, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And what I think is so powerful about this is Jehoshaphat had developed a habit of a relational, of a relationship with his God. That he, that was what he had always done. And so when things got tough, he just did what he always did. It wasn't this place of, okay, gosh, things are so hard. So God, I need you to come and help me. But then once you do, I'm going to move on to the next thing. It was like, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do. And it's in, I feel powerless. I love how he didn't come up with some military strategy. He didn't come up with this amazing plan for a counterattack. He didn't come up with this strategy to go recruit other armies. He just said, we're going to seek after God. And I know many of you guys have been doing this the last 21 days. This is the last day of the fast, I heard. So cool, I get to be here. I don't know. Yeah, you're all cheering. Like, I don't know if that means I just got to talk really short and get you guys to lunch. Or if this means that it's like you're really ready and hungry for this. I don't know what it is. So, um, but he, he gets the people and, and he leads them into that place. And it's amazing. I don't know what to do, but I'm looking to you. And I think that's an incredible way that we can relate into this story. If in every situation and story that you face in your family and your finances in your marriage, in, in your, as a parent, that we can just say in this thing, like, I, maybe I come to the end of my rope, like I'm at a loss, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are gonna be on you because I know who you are and you're for me. You guys with me? And then this is what happens. This is how God comes through. And in verse 20, it says, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir, and they killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy escaped. It's just one of, I mean, what a cool story is that what King Jehoshaphat, he was terrified, but his response was to go after God like he had always done. He trusted in God, in the presence of God, and who God was because he knew him. And so he was able to find faith even in a really difficult time. And what I love about this story is that he didn't even have to fight. All they did was they just started singing praises. And then God wins this battle, and this entire army is defeated, and they just walk up on the victory because they pursued the presence of God. And there's, there's power in that for us too. There's power when you spend time seeking after God and delighting in who he is. And what's cool about it too is I think it's easy to be like, okay, I have to do like a daily God time, but that, that might be a little bit boring or I don't like to read or whatever. So it's like, but there's, there's something so much greater than just that. It's actually engaging in a relationship with the real God who wants to be with you. And David in Psalm 37, four, he says it this way. He says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Like you can actually take delight in a relationship with God. And that when you do that, you actually, what I love this scripture, it talks about as you spend that time with God, you're gonna start to care about the things that he cares about. You're gonna start to be engaged in the things that he's engaged in. I mean, we see this all the time and just in our relationships, right? People that you love, you care about the things that they care about. 
I was telling you about telling you my wife, Allie. She, um, we've been married for just over eight years. And um, I can remember back when we were dating. And like I said, I was telling you, like, like Austin, like I love, I love sports. And so, um, and, and so like for me, it was like, I'll go to sports games, do those things. But her family, they used to go, or they still do, but they enjoy going to like Broadway Place, go to the, to the Denver Performing Arts Center and all this. And so when we started dating, for me, I had done, I'd gone to one play, I think in like elementary school on a field trip because I had to, and I probably didn't pay attention at all. And, you know, and so for me, I was like, you guys go to plays? Like, what, I don't, what do you mean? Like, we have to go dress up and like watch people act? Like, why don't we just go to like the Nuggets games across the street, you know? So like, that was like my mentality of these. But, and so uh, when she would bring it up, I'd just, you know, find a good way to deflect it or not do it, right? Um, and then you're just like, wow, terrible, right? Um, but as we started getting closer in our dating relationship and like I started to fall more in love with her, I started to just, you know, care more about the things that she did. And so as she brought that idea up, I was like, all right, I'll go just because I want to have dinner with you and like, we'll get a dress up and that'll be great. Right. So I'll go. And so I started, so I went, went to one. It was better than I thought it would be. You know, if you like the place, like awesome. And then, um, and then, and then we were like, then, so that opened the door though to where now we went to more of them, all right? And I like she goes to a ton of them. Like she's not, we've been like a few, but so I'm making this sound like it was some huge sacrifice. It wasn't. Um, but she, she really cares about that, like liked it. And so I started each time it was like, okay, like get more excited about it because I just want to be with her. I want to do the things that she wants to do. So we went to a few more. I liked it. And then a couple years ago, we were on a vacation in Chicago and we were staying right across the street from where the play Hamilton was actually performing. Anybody seen Hamilton or on Disney Plus? are on it. All right. Hey, you guys are all like me. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so this play though is really cool. And what's funny is that I went from like, I didn't even like these at all. would never talk about them. was like trying to be all cool. Yeah, I don't do that. I go to sports stuff, right? To where now, like that one is really awesome. So if you haven't seen it, you can get Disney plus, you can do it, or you can go and see it somewhere someday, hopefully. But um, it's like, it's amazing. They memorize so much stuff. There's like rap in it. Like it's awesome. So like whenever people talk about it, I'm like the biggest fan of the show. Um, and I'm always telling people they should watch it. So it's funny though, it started from there and then it was just because I wanted to spend time with my wife. I started to care more about the things that she does and that relationship grows. And the same is true when you do that with God. Like if you'll make that commitment, no matter your age, no matter how long you've done this or you haven't done this, if you make this commitment to say, I wanna spend time with God, whatever that's gonna look like in my life, then he's gonna start to do work in your life. And I guarantee you it's something that, it might start out and feel like a discipline. It might start out feeling like this is something I have to do. And there's days that it will feel that way. But as you start to understand more of who God is and what, how he relates to you and how he's a friend to you and how he loves you, like it's something we start to, like David does and take delight in and we wanna be around him and do the things that he does. And so just thinking about that, of delighting in God, I wanna finish with this. There's just a few practical steps of what that can look like in our lives to really engage in the presence of God on a daily basis. That it's more than just a thing we talk about at church, but that we actually do. And so just some practical steps that have helped me or that I've heard of how you can cultivate that habit of doing it or continue to build it if it's something you already have. And so really the first one is, is setting a time and a place to do it. And this is way more than just having, way bigger than just like a regimented schedule to your day, that it's way more about a prioritizing of what matters most in your day. And what I've seen so often is that people, yeah, I wanna do it, I wanna have time with God. Okay, when do you do it? And it's like, well, you know, some days I do it on the lunch break, some days I do it here, some days I do it here. If, if you do it like that, I think more often than not, it's easy to miss it. 
Because then it's just getting swept up into the things of your day. And that's why for a lot of people, the first part of the day is a great time to do it. Definitely doesn't have to be. But the key is just having a time that I prioritize, that I actually am willing to like eliminate other things, sleep, the snooze button, you know, going to bed early enough to do that, whatever it might be so that I can actually have that. So setting a time and a place. And then another thing I think about it is having a plan. I've seen a lot of people that I've talked to, the, the reason that they quit, they came out with this whole idea of, yeah, I wanna, I wanna spend time with God, it's gonna be great, and maybe you start, but you just kinda grab this, this big book and just open it up. It's like, you, some days it's awesome, like, hey, God, I just open it up, and thus saith the Lord this verse, right? Like, that happens, but I think a lot of times it really, it's, it's hard to probably do that on a consistent basis. So really having a plan, and whether that's using a resource like an app or a website or doing it with a friend, but just having a plan when I get in here, if I know what what I'm going through and reading. And the big thing there though that's important is that you don't just get too focused on the plan, right? Because you get, I'm doing right now, I'm like five days behind or whatever. And it's like, so you can easily get distracted. Things happen in life, whatever. And it's, it's easy to be like, okay, I'm a little behind and then you quit. But just remembering the, the act of the practice of this, this idea of a God time is so much more than just getting it done. It's actually the goal of spending time with Jesus. And I love how Austin said it last week when he was talking. He said, it's these practices, it's about falling in love with the practice of falling in love with Jesus. It's not about getting it done and checking off the box. It's about understanding and knowing this God that wants to be with you. And then another part that I just found really helpful is to journal is to have something where you're writing out what God is speaking to you, verses, prayers, just something where you can engage with that content. And then the last one I would say is just don't make it boring. I think that sometimes the, that we just think that because it's the spiritual thing, it has to be maybe just like sitting down. I said same time and place, but maybe it can look a little bit different. For me, I love to be outside. I love to go running. And so that's sometimes the greatest ways that I connect with God is just to get outside and go for a jog and maybe read a scripture right before, or listen to my headphones and just really meditate on and think about who God is as I'm doing something I enjoy doing and bringing him into my daily life. That it can be something that we really enjoy. So I'd encourage you to do that. We live in such a beautiful state to be able to do that, to get to places where you can experience God's beauty and his creation and really engage with him. And so I wanna finish just reading this last scripture from Colossians chapter three. So if you guys would just stand with me, this really is kind of just a last um, thing, hopefully just to go out here um, from the end of this service and, and really take this with us as we wanna engage into and practice this presence of spending time with God. If that's something you've been doing for years and years, just don't encourage you in that of just that God still every day wants to meet with you, wants to continue to walk with you and always go before you. If this is something that maybe you've done really sporadically or you know you you want to get back into. Today is a great day to do it. That God's not going to respond in any way of thinking, well, where have you been? You haven't been here. His, he's just waiting. He wants to meet with you. He wants to speak with you personally. And this is Colossians 3, 1 through 4. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you also will share in his glory. I just want us to consider that phrase as we leave this place today. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. That there's so many distractions in our lives. There's so many good things and bad things and whatever that we have to deal with and navigate. But that we would be people that set our sights on who God is. That we would know him. That we would prioritize time with him. And that we would be people that look like him. Let's pray.
Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are. God, it's amazing that you are the God of the universe, the one that created all things, but yet you want to be in an intimate, close, personal relationship with every single one of us. And so God, I pray for each of my friends and my brothers and sisters um, this morning, God, that we would be people that commit to prioritizing time with you in our daily lives, that we would draw close to you and that we would see that happening as we do that, that you would draw near to us. God, you would align our hearts with yours. You would change us to be more like you. So God, encourage us in our walks with you. I pray that we would take those steps to be closer to you as we just continue to study this series according to the Spirit. Thank you for the privilege of being here. Pray your blessing on Good Shepherd Church. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's awesome. Blessing to be here. Have a blessed week as you go with God.